You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 80. Coaching, it's a great market, it's a great business, and it provides a ton of value to companies and to executives. I mean, I've had executives tell me that the data set that I provided them around how they show up as a leader and how they impact and work with people and what people think of them and was one of the most valuable things that they've ever received. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Well, hello, and hopefully welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. But I also want to very warmly welcome you if this is your first visit to the Star Coach Show. Now, each and every week, we explore some strategy, tool, or resource, and that's where that acronym of STAR comes from, that professional coaches can use to strengthen their confidence, their skill set, their business building, maybe the way that they relate to clients. Our guests come to the show bringing many different perspectives and slants on different kinds of expertise, all with the intention to help you as the listener grow and get more clarity perhaps around some angle or another in professional coaching. Now this week, our focus is going to be primarily around those of you who coach within organizations. But I will say that I encourage all of you to listen, because the focus of the show is very much on how do we continue to grow and bring our skill set forward to be the best coaches we can be in whatever realm we offer our services. Today, our guest is Dr. Van Latham. Van is an industrial organizational psychologist. He specializes in human resource management and has a company called Pathpoint, where he has helped businesses improve organizational capability and performance through effective people practices. We've had many shows where we talk about the fact that people are really the main gold that an organization has. It's their main resource and effectively using people and working with people is one of the things that coaching can help with incredibly. Van has a perspective today that he's going to share with us around how companies specifically train their external coaches to be able to work within their organization for the most effective delivery of service. So I believe that as coaching has become more and more popular within organizations, it was a bit of a learning curve. And as that learning curve grows and and it becomes more familiar thing to have coaches come in to work with leadership teams, It has also allowed organizations to get clearer and clearer about what they need from their external coaches and to hopefully marry the expertise of the coach and the skill set of the coach with what the organization needs and what 
their parameters of service delivery are. So there is a lot of great information in today's interview. I encourage you to sit back and learn from a master. Let's go to our interview with Dr. Van Latham. I want to welcome Dr. Van Latham to the show. Van, thanks for taking time to be with the Star Coach Show today. Thanks, Meg. I feel like a rock star here. Star you are Coach a rock show. star. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And I've had the pleasure of doing some work with you through the university that we both work with, University of Texas at Dallas. We were having a discussion about this process that you've been sort of met with in as you get invited in to work with different companies as an executive coach. They seem to be requiring some company-specific training for their executive coaches, and you've seen more and more of that. What do you think is creating that phenomena? Yeah, so I I think, you know, when you kind of look at the literature on sort of what companies spend in total on executive development, I've, I've read numbers like 14, 15 billion on that, and specifically around exec, executive coaching around a billion a year. So, you know, I think if we sort of take off our coach hat and we put on our CFO hat, CFOs might say, hey, are we really getting the return out of that spin within the organization? It's funny, I, I actually interviewed a CFO recently that I was potentially going to be coaching. And I asked, hey, have you had any experience in working with, with coaches before? And he goes, no, all I've really done is sign the invoices for these things. And I've wondered, wow, we're spending a lot of money on these things. What are we getting from those in terms of the return? So I think there's you know, I think there's sort of a financial ROI in this sort of era of analytics and, and, and being able to determine, you know, sort of the efficacy of programs is certainly a payoff. And the other thing I, I think I've seen is that coaches have gone sometimes a little rogue within a company. And so maybe they're, you know, they're engaged to coach an executive. And then before you know it, they're running a team session with that executive's team. And then maybe they're doing some OD related work. And so there, there's, you know, to some degree, maybe not a, a lot of governance around the coaching process. So I've seen companies just get more disciplined in, in kind of how they onboard their coaches, what, what they train them on, how they want them to coach within their organization just to get more process discipline as well. So within that, what kinds of training have you been asked to participate in or has been provided for you? Yeah, when I when I think about the the companies that I've that I've sort of gone through company specific training for exec, uh, external coaches, I mean there've been two or three things I think that really stick out there. One is training largely done from the organizational development lead, so the person who's in essence responsible for the coaching efforts within the company, sort of in a, in a way, your, your key stakeholder and sort of project manager for the work that you do. And I've seen that that work sort of unfold in two ways. One, information on the company, its strategy, the markets it, it operates in, how it competes. So, so a lot of work around sort of the business model, because as coaches, you know, we coach to behaviors and individual effectiveness, but those are in pursuit of important organizational outcomes like performance and profitability and making plan and those kind of things. So, so there's usually a little bit of work done 
you know, training done around organizations and sort of what the organization strategy is. There's also training done around kind of the company's people processes. So mm-hmm. at a macro level, kind of what is the what does the company do relative to people and where does the executive coaching piece fit in with that portfolio of offerings? So you get at things like the leadership model, the you know, those kind of things. So that's kind of one bucket I've gotten with OD people. And the second bucket is around the coaching process. So what's the coaching philosophy? Who gets a coach? Who doesn't? When do you use internal coaches versus external coaches? What's the protocol? What are expectations? So a lot of that, you know, in the OD, you know, kind of the contracting or the upfront work. So that's kind of one bucket I've seen. Second bucket I've seen is a lot of companies are moving to using technology to manage their coaching assignments. So the external coach has to go on and learn how to operate their internal system, like coach source or something to right. where you have to update your, your, your training. And then the other two other things I've seen. One is I've gotten a window into how a company teaches and trains its own internal executives around how to engage with the coach. So it's it, that's always been a little bit of a black box, right? And then finally, I've seen some other kind of training where coaches that work for the company, so the independent coaches, all get together in sort of a collaborative forum. So those are some examples. Excellent. So when you talk about companies working with the executives on how to engage with the coaches. What are some of the things that you've heard or learned or have seen through that experience? Yeah. So it's funny. I sort of sort of dumbly asked that question once. Hey, you know what? What are you guys telling your executives about this whole coaching process? Because a lot of times, as you know, you show up and you're starting a coaching assignment. You One of the first questions you ask the executive is, you know, hey, what are your expectations and what have you been told? And what would you like to get out of this experience? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you, you get everything from, listen, I was just told I need a coach and we're here today to people that have more sort of formal kinds of training. So the really good programs I've seen there train the internal executives. I, I made some notes here on, first of all, why they're getting a coach, because there may be some sort of, hey, I'm getting a coach. Am I failing? And so, some right. of those sort of built in things, kind of the benefits of the process, who these coaches are, what, what, how they've been vetted, why they are the right coaches for the company, information around roles, like what's the internal person, what's the role of the coach, issues around confidentiality and sort of the, the, the kind of principles of how the coaching mm-hmm. is, go, is going to happen and also just sort of the overall process of how the coaching is going to unfold. Well, I really think that that is key. I think any of us who have done executive coaching or in organizations are going to have at least one client who feels sentenced to coaching yeah. and all or and or the situation of feeling as though we're being put in the role of the manager in delivering news that the, the coach really shouldn't be delivering. It's managerial news to be delivered. So having that structure sort of onboarding the executives into coaching sounds really exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's interesting because uh, first time it happened, I was sort of like, okay, this is interesting. Why, you know, in a way, why we're doing it. And, you know, I found that as I've done more coaching, if a company doesn't do this kind of thing in a more formal method, I've actually learned from what these companies do. And it's also helped me frame, you know, upfront with the leader of the, so the coaching effort. It allows me to frame some upfront questions around contracting and what the assignment's going to look like and what are the roles and process and report out points and things like that. So giving a little bit of structure to the whole process and a better understanding to the process might very well help our clients get more out of the process. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, companies just by the nature of, of, of an organization, organizations are, they all aim towards more control, process documentation. I mean, it's just the stuff just doesn't continue to happen randomly in companies right. forever. So, the, so there's just sort of a built in movement towards, oh, let's put that down, let's document it, you know, so forth and so on. So I think coaching was a, a little bit kind of slow to that party. And, and I think it was largely in a way ungoverned because it was really uniquely, you know, largely a coach and an executive, highly personal. Mm-hmm. Under the umbrella of confidentiality, so you really ask mm-hmm. a lot of questions about it. So I just think there's been this push. Hey, how do we put a little bit more rigor? How do we build? Uh, how do we think about this in a continuous improvement sort of way where we can, you know, make this a, 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 a sort of a branded experience for executives, so mm-hmm. that each person who gets an executive coach has something relatively similar in terms of how that coaching unfolds. But then that also leads to that whole, you brought up confidentiality. And one of the things I've noticed with some of the companies that I work with is that they're almost getting more prescriptive or more, they want to be incredibly sort of instructive about what happens in the coaching process. And on the one hand, I can understand that they're, they're, sponsoring. And on the other hand, it it becomes almost intrusive into the confidentiality. And so what are you finding about, you know, that? Well, first of all, what do you think is creating? You've talked a little bit about, well, they want to have more control so that it's it's not the Wild West out there. But the other side of that is how do you see that that is impacting the coaching process. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's important. And I actually, companies have the right to do it. Really, I mean, they're, they're funding and sponsoring the work. They have a right to understand how that work is being done and what the outcomes are, et cetera. And I, th- I think an important. To, so, to me, understanding the the company's expectations of you and and what your touch points are as a coach mm-hmm. with with not only a person who runs coaching, but also the executive's manager as a part of that process, knowing where those touch points are, are important. But I think also it gives, it gives guidance to the executive as well as to how you're going to engage, because that's always a little bit of a, you know, a, maybe an uneasy point that exe- executive had. Hey, what kind of conversations are you, Van, or the coach? What are you, what kind of conversations are you going to have with my boss mm-hmm. or with HR, particularly companies that are, are, are treating coaching as an important part of their succession and their development mm-hmm. process. Companies would say, hey, we ought to have input from that to help us make promotion and selection and staffing decisions. So I just like it because it, it's really clear. You know, you can sit and tell an executive, hey, every conversation you and I have is a confidential conversation. Anytime I talk to your manager, okay, you'll be actually a part of that conversation or you'll know exactly what the protocol is. And so there's just, just a lot better clarity around that. Right. And I'm all about that kind of transparency. I think that if a company is sophisticated in its people practices, for example, they're likely going to have a leadership model or some kind of statement of here are our key leadership attributes. And I think they should hold coaches accountable to coaching against that model. Right. Uh, now so, that makes so, perfect sense. So that so there's things where you know you shouldn't feel like your sort of personal artistry or your approach or your philosophy is really being sort of suppressed in in sort of support for the the, the company way, but really blending your own style into kind of the company process. So if the company comes and says, hey, we expect you to do, you know, these five core elements as part of the coaching process, then you say, 
listen, I'm fine with doing those. But then you each at each point, let's say about data collection, for example, you might say, okay, I'm going to capture some data around your leadership model, but I've got some of my tried and true sort of qualitative questions I like to ask that I think give the executive good data. And you try whatever you can do to sort of meld your approach, your approach in to the company's approach. Good. Yeah. And certainly, hopefully a win-win for everybody. Yeah. And as you've worked with companies, what are some of the successes that you've seen coaching be able to bring into the companies that you've worked with while mirroring what, you know, sort of their process with, with the coaching framework that you're bringing forward? Yeah, well, coaches, I think, can bring kind of unique methodologies and approaches to companies that they would want to consider, for example. One of the companies I worked with did something I thought was pretty novel. And that was once a month, they had all of the external coaches hop on a conference call together. And initially, I sort of thought, well, that's, that's a little bit odd because it was just something, you know, I'd never been asked to do or whatever. Right, right. And also, if you think about it, in a purely competitive sense, all of the people on the phone are in the market doing what you do and in essence are competing with you. So the cautious risk avoidance person would say, why would I want to talk about anything that I do as a coach? Because I'm giving away competitive intelligence. So we're just sort of odd when it when it got pitched as an idea, but what actually happened was completely opposite of that, which which was coaches sharing their philosophy of coaching, how they thought about data collection, the the models in which they coach. So we had some coaches that heavily used behavioral models, others that were really into neuropsychology. And, and so there was just so so it became a little bit of a learning lab where coaches could learn from other coaches as well as the company could learn from all of these different coaches around approaches and ways that they could continue to sort of build and develop out their program. That's really interesting. So the external coaches were on the call, but somebody from the organization was on the call as well. Who was yeah. on the, was that like an HR or OD person? Or I mean, that's interesting. So you had a company representative there as well. Yes, yes. So the way the protocol for the call happened is that the, the person who in this case was the head of talent management led okay. the call and all the coaches were online. But each week, a specific coach was designated to lead the call around a specific topic. Okay. So you might have had the topic of contracting. And the head of talent management might say something like, you know, listen, we want you to really zero in on, for example, the topic of how do you engage the executive's manager in that first conversation? And so uh, the coach would sort of share a little bit about what they what they did. Other coaches would would chime in and you would say, hey, that's a really good idea from this other coach. I should be thinking about doing that as a part of my process. So. Uh, the other kind of cool thing happened is the coaches sort of built a little bit of a relationship and, and and really another outcome was it sort of oriented you towards the greater good of the company versus yeah. your individual work with your executive. So just to me, a sort of a side benefit of that. Well, and I think that that is key because we're all working toward the same under, you know, we're all working towards the success of this organization. But when you're working with one particular person around their issue, sometimes you can lose sight of that and they can lose sight of that. So if all the coaches are sort of tapping into that with that monthly call, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, like I said, it was unusual when it's, when, when we started doing it, cause I just never been asked to do it. And I, I've only seen it in practice, maybe in two companies. 
So it's, I think it's still a little bit out of the, out of the norm, but I, I thought a highly effective process. I know if I went back internal and ran, for example, talent management, I would want to put something similar to this, you know, in. I've, I've, I've seen other companies where they actually bring all of their coaches into a company headquarters and run them through like a half a day training program around the company. And again, you know, business strategy, philosophy, brands, operating model, career development system, so forth. So you were talking about the kinds of training that you've been asked to do. And you said you've seen where companies bring in the people physically, but I'm getting the sense that's not what, so was your training virtual? I've done both virtual and, and on site. So okay. it's just really about the company, sort of the company's philosophy around that. I've done, I've done it individually where uh, like a head of talent would train me individually as a coach and I've done it with other coaches, both virtually and in person. You also talked about sometimes having to get on board with the way that technology is going to be used within the company. So what, what do you find to be either, well, what are some of the benefits of being able to use a technology system? to assist you in your coaching? Yeah, I think the real benefit is actually to the company because if they've, let's say they've got six, seven, eight, 10, 20 assignments going on at any given time, they can, in essence, log on and see a, a systems view. Here's all the pro- here's all the, the coaching projects that are in place. Here's where they are in, in the life cycle. Here's what's going to be uh, happening. And then the coach can you know do reports and status and those kind of things embedded in the system. So it's so it's a real smart to me it's a real smart way to think about how to manage coaching again mm-hmm. more process discipline around uh, around it and and creating you know requirements for coaching coaches around accountability points where you just don't go off and coach and kind of forget about the company, but you actually, you know. Yeah, just kind of off doing your own thing. And you have a responsibility to like do some deliverables. Good. So you've talked great about some different things that you've been asked to do, ways that you've kind of grown into that. What's the best advice you've gotten about being an effective coach with with an organization as the result of being asked to do these kinds of things? Clear definition on what a coach can do and what a coach cannot do. And a specific example was shared around a coach who was working with an executive. And it was very clear to the coach and likely to the executive that this particular organization might not be the right place for this executive long term. And, and, and there was, you know, and I think that was a, a, a rational sort of conclusion that people had sort of reached and maybe not, you know, different than what the company had reached as well. Mm-hmm. And so, but, but there was a specific, so th- this coach actually counseled the person, Hey, I think you'd be in your best interest if you actually left the company or pursued opportunities elsewhere. I think that would be better matched to your personality. You have a better culture fit. You have a better organization, which you could do what you do well, so forth and so on. So the, the, the organization uh, around kind of what a coach can and can't do in example training was specifically around what you can do and what you can't do. And one of the things that they said you cannot do is you cannot counsel a person as to whether their career is best, you know, served by staying in the company or leaving the company. And there mm-hmm. were four or five, almost like, you know, 10 commandments of, you know, do this and don't do this as a coach. And I mean, I think that was real clear because setting expectations for coaches and right. what, what, what should happen there was important. So that was one thing. Second was kind of when and where to touch base in the process. So when are you aligning uh, uh, stakeholders and at what process uh, and at what part of the process? How to fit coaching within the company's career development model? Mm-hmm. So how does coaching differ from like if you're an external coach, coach versus an internal coach? Who gets who would get an external? Who would get an internal? 
right? Why would that be distinguished? At what level? So you really get a sense around sort of how coaching plays within the overall philosophy. And then, and then the differentiation, as I just mentioned, of internal coaches and external coaches, because I think that's, you know, a lot of companies have both. They train up, you know, a cadre of internal coaches right. that are applied to, you know, specific, you know, specific populations, for example. So as you were talking, Van, I was thinking about all the listeners that I know that we have that are internal coaches, many who have been asked to create coaching cultures within their organizations. As a matter of fact, I was just at a coaching retreat this weekend and one of the coaches was talking about, oh my gosh, you know, I've been sort of given the the task to bring coaching into our organization. Where do I even begin? So if I could get you to switch perspective for just a second from the coach perspective, even though I know that you've been the coach in these situations, if a coach were setting something up, any particular advice you would give them based on the things you've been asked to do, if they were setting up organizational coaching culture? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think one is making sure you have a philosophy of coaching that says, you know, here, here's sort of how we think about coaching. Here's what outcomes we're looking for. Here's how coaching advances, you know, our human capital. So philosophy statement of intent around that. I think that that's one thing. I think a coaching model that says, here's how we would coach people through a process, whether you're an internal coach or an external pro- uh, coach, that coaching sort of happens by the cycle. I think there's also an administrative component, which is how, how do you build standardized statements of work and how do you get signed contracts and how you price? So I've had some companies that have actually said, here's what we pay. So rather than the coach writing a proposal, the company right. says, we pay X for coaching at this level for three months of coaching, six months of coaching, or nine months of coaching. And we pay Y at this level for three, six, and nine. So actually putting the the pricing parameters around that and then asking coaches to work within that so you don't have these, you know, hey, I've been coaching this person for 18 months and, you know, bills, you know, the bills keep coming in and, and that kind of thing. So those are some things I'd maybe think about. But I also think that that's good because I've gotten requests for proposals that way. And it's nice if I know that a company is willing to pay this amount of money for, for this much coaching, I can determine how many assessments I can add within that, how many what services I can provide and and still meet their price point and provide quality service. Right. So, and I'd like that so much better than sort of like not knowing at all what, well, what's even, what are they even looking for? So I think that, that could be a win-win on both sides. Well, it certainly takes the mystery out of it because then yeah. you say, hey, here, here's, here's my day rate or here's my hourly rate. And how do I back into that number? I mean, that's right. versus what, you know, you've seen sometimes, which is you put a proposal together based on your day rate and they want you know, coaching done like, you know, this much. And so you give them, you know, your proposal for that and they, you know, have organ rejection. So then you say, well, hey, if you're looking to manage to a budget, you know, like this, then here's what we can deliver. And so it just takes a little bit of the mystery out of it. I think I, I mean, right. actually, as a coach, I like it. So I like also, it. Yeah. You can also make the decision of whether it's, you know, a piece of business that you, you even want. want to go after. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what can coaches learn from all these different types of programs about how they can prepare, how they can train up sort of to work with different companies and you know just different things that maybe you've learned or that you wish you knew or wished you'd been prepared for as you enter into these different engagements? Well, one thing I, you know, just thinking back to the training I went through where the company trained me on their business. I, I've flipped that around as a coach and 
always try to do some degree of a business intake interview. I have some of that, you know, you do the research, but you really want to understand to me, you know, hey, what's the strategy of the company? What are the analysts saying about the company? How's the, co- you know, in what markets does the company compete? Who are the big competitors? What's the strategy of the organization? What are some of the kind of key operating initiatives that they're going to be put in place over the next year? Just, just to get a sense of, of the company and sort of what's, what's important to it. Second thing is always to be in search of the leadership model. Sometimes that's explicit, other times that's implicit. And if so, trying to figure out, you know, what those, you know, five to seven to eight characteristics are that really, you know, really define leadership. I think another important point is to clarify with the client what will be shared kind of with the executive, how your coaching data would be used beyond the coaching process as a part of, you know, talent assessment process, trying to get a sense of sort of how your work sort of fits within the company and how it will be used so you can work effectively, you know, with the executive and then kind of what's tracked and what's measured in terms of it may just be, hey, we here here's what's tracked and measured. It's a feedback report, it's a development plan, and it's a summary, you know, right up at the end. Or is it a pre and post on a 360? So just really understanding what the what the kind of core metrics are around, you know, around the engagement. Excellent. Well, I think that was really helpful information. So many questions that that get kind of turned around and asked by coaches around, you know, working within organizations and not being sure exactly how to approach that. What maybe have I not asked you, if anything, that that you would like to add to this plethora of information you've already shared with us? <laughs> no, I think we've covered a lot of, a lot of ground. I just I just continue to think coaching I mean, coaching is a—it's a great market. It's a—it's a great business, and it—it it provides a ton of value to companies and to executives. I mean, I've had executives tell me that that the data set that I provided them around how they show up as a leader and how they impact and work with people and what people think of them and was one of the most valuable things that they've ever received. And so in a way, I mean, I always think really smart executives, a lot of times don't need a lot of coaching, Mm -hmm. right? Because if they've got good EQ and they've got good social monitoring skills, they can read a feedback report that's exhaustive and then really get a sense around what it is that they, that they need to do. And your job as a coach is just sort of help them discover that and how to, mm-hmm. how to play and act that out. So I just would, you know, underscore the importance of kind of the work that we do and the value that it provides to executives and companies as a part of the development experience. Excellent. I really appreciate your insight and sharing some of the experiences that you've had as you are brought on board to coach with different executive teams. Great. Thanks, Meg. Thanks, Van. You know, I think one of the things that really shows that coaching is becoming much more popular and a value add and companies are seeing that it's a value add is that they are paying attention to what coaching brings to their organizations and helping to structure that to be of utmost benefit. So I want to thank Dr. Van Latham for sharing his perspective with us. If you'd like to know more about Van or PathPoint Consulting, visit our resource page at starcoachshow.com. 
sign up for the ongoing book giveaway so that you have an opportunity to win a book that has been given to us by one of our fabulous guests. And if you're liking the show, I would very much appreciate a rate and review on iTunes. That is my one challenge is is trying to get rates and reviews on iTunes so that we can continue to build our followers and get people to notice the show. So I appreciate all the wonderful feedback that I get on the show, the emails and the text messages and the notes that let me know how much you're enjoying it. I would just like more people to know about that so that they're drawn to the show as well. So if you can rate and review the show, that would be fabulous. Until next week, this is your host, Meg Rentschler. I wish you the very best for your coaching success and hope that you have a fabulous week. I really look forward to connecting again next week when we're going to be talking with Cindy Henson around how to navigate the jungle of overwhelm. We're going to be talking about her new book jungle a journey to peace purpose and freedom and that's going to be our show next week so until then take care of yourself